Good morning, Graceway. Today is Monday, November fourth, and this is Enoch and Tohi from the Morning Bible Study Teaching Team. Today we'll be picking up from last week with verses twenty-seven to thirty-three of the eleventh chapter of Mark. After cleansing the temple of all those doing business in her midst, Jesus is confronted by the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. If you want to follow along, we'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. I'll be reading the narration and the part of the establishment. And I'll be playing Jesus. Let's begin. Mark chapter eleven, verses twenty-seven to thirty-three. Again, they came to Jerusalem. As he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him and said. By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, "I'll ask you one question. Answer me, and I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? Answer me." They argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say, "Why then did you not believe him?" But shall we say of human origin? They were afraid of the crowd, for all regarded John as a truly prophet. So they answered Jesus, "We do not know." And Jesus said to them, "Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things." Yeah, so it seems that we're picking up in the middle of something. When the chief priests asked Jesus, "By what authority are you doing these things?" What are these things that they are referring to? Yeah,、um, we're really in the thick of things now, right?、Uh, all of Mark thus far, Jesus has been preaching, healing, casting out demons, but he's also been kind of secretive about who he is and what he's up to. And now that he's in Jerusalem, he's not being secret anymore. After he rides in, fettered like a conquering king, he goes to the temple and tosses out all the people who are buying and selling in it. Yeah, it's that scene where Jesus overturns tables. That's right. I mean, like Mark basically tells us, he just takes over the temple courts, and he and his disciples basically run security, right? Like kicking out anyone who's trying to buy or sell or even carry things through the temple. Yeah, it made the chief priests and scribes so upset that they wanted to find some way of killing him. I mean, and can you imagine why? It's pretty obvious, right? By doing this, he's directly dismissing their authority, like insinuating that you know they're taking advantage of the prestige of the temple. To get away with robbery. Yeah, yeah. So okay.、Um, something else though, like chief priests, like in the plural. I always understood there to be one high priest at a time. There is that law about manslaughter in the Old Testament that you can flee to a sanctuary city and stay there until the high priest dies. Why are there more than one? How does that work here? Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to remember that there's. A really big difference between the office of high priest, when it's held by Aaron and his sons in the pre-exilic period, and in the office of chief priest now. I mean, you have to remember it's been like almost five hundred years since Ezra and Nehemiah came back from exile and rebuilt the temple, and since then Israel has been conquered many, many more times by other kingdoms, right? By the Greeks under Alexander the Great, and most recently by Rome. And you know, during these times, it's. Been the imperial governor, right? Who's been appointing the person to serve as chief priest? Wait, wait. So, are you saying that the chief priest at that time, Caiaphas, was a Roman appointed official? Yeah, that's right. 
right? He was appointed by the council before Pilate. Um, and, you know, and just even over the course of Jesus' lifetime, there's, you know, evidence that there's at least four different high priests, mm. right? I mean, you know, they're all coming from the priestly families and the Romans aren't going to pick someone that's just going to cause a revolt, right? Um, and so, you know, they're still picking from sort of accepted families. But oh, it, You mean like the Levites, you mean? Yeah, Aaron's family, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're not going to, you know, they're not trying to make it seem like they're not. And so there is a sense in which they really are you know, t- continuing the what high priest should be. But, you know, it kind of transforms the dynamic when the Roman governor can kind of swap the person when he doesn't like him, mm. right? You know, there's, that brings a lot of political intrigue there. I mean, even in the history, you know, during all this, these hundreds of years, there's, there's, like, situations where there's different branches of the family squabbling with each other, and they're, like, sneaking off, meeting the governor and pretty much like bribing officials to get themselves appointed over one of their brothers or something. It's a real mess. Wow, that is a mess. So I guess the question of authority is really at issue here in this passage. Yeah, I mean, it is. So when the chief priests come to confront Jesus, it's like a showdown of sorts about who's really in charge. That's right. I mean, Jesus just basically called them out for turning God's temple into an opportunity for profit. And then here's the thing. Instead of rebutting those claims, they just challenge his authority to make them. Right? I mean, it's a classic move by someone who's like been caught in the act. Right? If you're not guilty, you just deny it. Right? Like, well, we're not robbing anyone. Right? But you know, if you don't have that defense, you do something else. You challenge their right to accuse you. Right. I mean, I'm just astounded by how Jesus responds. He doesn't give them an inch. Yeah, it's, it's really remarkable how shrewd Jesus is here. Right? He doesn't let evil get any step. Right? They're coming as a chief priest, scribes, and elders. They're relying on their position to question his authority. And Jesus actually turns it around and makes it a question about whether they have the right to question him. Right. Uh, It's not as if Jesus doesn't know where his authority is coming from. He knows who he is. The problem is whether they know who they are. That's right. I mean, by asking them about John the Baptist... He's actually highlighting the insecure ground on which their own authority is based. It's almost like he's calling their bluff, challenging them to answer their own question and to actually stand by it. Right. right? Indirectly, Jesus is saying his authority and John the Baptist's authority is linked. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, you want to challenge me? Well, before you can challenge me, just, just even start with a little step of, you know, challenging John. It's like a test, right? Past that, then maybe we can talk. If you have the guts. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that, like, the most telling portion of the passage is the sidebar deliberation that they have amongst themselves, you know? They seem so wishy-washy about such a basic question. There's no conviction. They're pretty much evaluating everything based on how public opinion might come out to be. They're trying to get him to say something that will undermine his authority but they're not willing to risk their own to do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, if anything, you know, it's pretty clear that they want Jesus to say something that's going to allow them to say it's obvious that he's not from God, but from man. But ironically enough, in their own answer, they've pretty much revealed that they're the ones who are building their authority on man rather than God. Mm. I mean, it shows us something about Jesus' sense of calling. You know, he's really sure about who he is, and what he's come to do. And 
if it says anything for us today, I think it raises this question too. Do we know who we are? Right. Well, that's it for today. This is Enoch. And Dohee. Signing out.